Uh, there's a word from the Lord this morning. I want y'all to look at, I believe it's 2 Kings. Is it 2 Kings? Yeah, 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. When you find it, say, I don't look like what I've been through. 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7 uh, reads this way. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what do you have in this house? Nothing at all except a little oil. Look at somebody say, I got a little oil. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what's left over. Whew. What I want to talk to you about this morning is use your oil to get out of debt. Look at somebody on your way to your seat say, Use your oil to get out of debt. All right. It's so important for each of us to know that financial peace is within your reach. How many, can somebody just lift your hand up and say it's within my reach? It's within my reach. Financial peace, financial prosperity, financial well-being, financial sustainability, it is within my reach. You don't have to repeat generational curses. You don't have to continue to live in poverty. You don't have to live in debt. God has made a way of escape. It's easy sometimes, though, to see what is it is that we're up against and think there's no way I'm going to get out of this debt. Has anybody ever felt like that where you had so much going on at one time, you're like, am I ever going to be able to knock this out? Y'all not talking to me. Uh, am I the only one that used to hide bills up under the Bible on the cocktail table because I didn't want to look at them? All of us have been in a place before, we've been on the struggle bus before, where we're like, Lord, I'm trying to get out of debt. I don't want this to be my story for the rest of my life. The enemy wants nothing more than for you to think that you are in over your head. And many times, we just settle for lives strapped with debt because we don't know how to get out. What I don't want you to do this morning is to think that you have to stay where you are. It's all a matter of perspective. Everybody say perspective. I want to put some. I want to put some. Put some up on the screen. Can y'all, media team? Can y'all help me uh, put this this phrase up on the screen and tell me what it says? Uh, what does that say? It says what? I am nowhere. No, no, no. That ain't what you said at first. Don't be trying to change it up just cause your neighbor changed it up. Put up the next word. Put up the next phrase. What? What's that say? I am what? I hear I am nowhere, but here's what I think you're trying to say. Put up the next one. But tell the truth, the first thing you saw was what? 
I am nowhere because everything was jumbled together. Sometimes when everything comes to you at once, you feel like I ain't nowhere. But when you can give yourself some space to give proper perspective to what it is you're going through, you realize that I am now here. I may not have ever been here before, but I'm just here at a new location, but it doesn't mean I'm nowhere. It just means I'm here. Is anybody catching what I'm trying to say? You, just because you're in debt does not mean you're nowhere. You're just in a place that you haven't been before, and God says that, that the where you are, I am also. And I want you to know that when you put things in proper perspective, it doesn't have to seem hopeless. In his book, Financial Peace, Dave Ramsey tells a tragic story of a woman who was a widow, and she had two children. 35-year-old Linda Welch had the horrible job of nursing her mother through the pain, suffering, and finally death due to cancer. As the cancer destroyed her mother slowly, she had to sit and watch, doing nothing except to attempt whatever minor comforts she could provide. As the disease took its toll on her mother, Linda, too, was affected with her own fear and sorrow. A severe and persistent sore throat, several months later, gives this story a twist. Linda had a persistent sore throat that she could not get rid of, and fear took over. And Linda thought the worst, I've got cancer. And I don't want my kids to have to go through what I went through. And she thought it in her mind that it would be better off. Y'all listen to me? She thought it would be better off for her and her children to be in heaven than to see her have to go through cancer. So the sheriff's department found six suicide notes where she had been struggling with this thought that she had cancer, didn't want her kids to see it. So she took a gun and killed her five-year-old daughter, shot her son, and shot herself. When they went and, and did an autopsy, what they discovered was that she did not have cancer. She had strep throat. Linda took it out of God's hands and tried to do it on her own. To think that there's no other way out of what I'm in, I am nowhere. But what she did not realize, she didn't give her problem space enough to see that God is everywhere. And that God is still here. And what I want y'all to do, I'm not judging Linda, I'm simply saying this. Don't make permanent decisions for temporary problems. Don't allow your current financial status to make you think that you're in a place where God cannot reach you. There is nothing so hard that you and God cannot handle together. Don't take your life. Don't even think about dying. Divorce is not an option. Quitting ain't an option. Suicide is not an option. Our God is bigger than that. Look at your neighbor and tell them you are going to get through this. Somebody in here this morning is in danger, is in danger of cat catastrophizing your situation because of fear of where you are. You have not been here before, but you don't have to die here. You don't have to take your life here. This is where deliverance begins, but it requires you to use your oil. There was another widow woman who was in a dire situation. She had just lost her husband, and she came to the prophet Elisha. We talked about Elisha last Sunday, did we not? And this Sunday, we picked back up on Elisha, and there's a different widow woman that he's dealing with, and she comes and she says, my husband has 
has died. Her husband is not any ordinary man. He's part of the company of the prophets. He was a man of God. He was anointed, but he died. We lost, I lost a frat brother this past week who was a very anointed, good man. Y'all probably know Pastor Willie Boyd. He died, suddenly hit a tree, and left behind a beautiful family, a wife and three, three small children. And it was so hard because it doesn't seem right that a man of God could die like that. But I want you to know that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. It's not promised that any of us will live a long life. It's not how long you live, it's how well you live. And, 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 and God wants you to know that even in a crisis, God is still God. And what happens is this woman comes out and cries and says, my husband has died. And on top of that, we were in debt. And the bill collectors are coming to make slaves out of our children. She came and she cried out. Many of us are sitting in church this morning and we're going through something and you haven't said anything to anybody because pride won't let you open your mouth. David says, when I tried to keep it to myself, my bones waxed old. Y'all not going to talk to me this morning. David says, when I, when, I, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old. In other words, disease sets up where you can't confess what it is you're going through. God cannot heal what you want to conceal. And some of us, out of our pride, out of our ego, are sitting here suffering in misery because you don't have enough Oh, my God, humility to say, I need help. But this woman came to the, watch this now, you do have to be careful telling some folks some things. Make sure the people you tell are anointed to handle what you need to tell them. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Look at your neighbor and say, make sure you tell anointed people and not nosy people. She came. And she cried out to the prophet, the number of people, she said, she said, the, the bill collectors are coming to make slaves of my children. Can y'all imagine that? Can you imagine bill collectors saying, well, since you can't pay your credit cards, since you can't pay your rent or your mortgage or whatever it is you owe, we're going to put your kids in slavery until you can pay it off. So y'all think that was back in, in the Old Testament days, right? Let me read something to you real quick. Would you be surprised if I told you that slavery still exists? The number of people currently enslaved in the world has grown by 10 million in the last five years. Researchers from the Geneva reported Monday, the UN's International Organization for Migration partnered with the International Labor Organization and the Walk Free Foundation, a human rights group, to produce the latest estimates of modern-day slavery. That term refers to a spectrum of exploitive, Practices like forced labor, forced marriage, and human trafficking. As of 2021, 50 million people were estimated to endure such conditions. Some form of modern slavery exists in nearly every country in the world, the report found. Many of the people characterized as modern slaves endure conditions considered forced labor, employed but unable to quit because their employer withholds their earnings. They owe debt to their employer or for migrants, their employer threatens deportation. In 2021, 28 million people were estimated to be working under forced labor conditions, an eighth of whom were children. According to the report, the majority of cases <clears throat> were found in the private sector, while in about 14% of the cases, governments imposed work requirements as a form of punishment, among other reasons. We still have slavery. I don't even have to go as far as third world countries. I believe some of us are enslaved in this room. 
Because the servant, the, the borrower, are y'all listening? The borrower is servant to the lender. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. We're not working. Some of us ain't working because we want to. I'm just going to let that sit in for a minute. We're not working because we want to. We're not working because we feel this is our purpose. We're working because we got debt to pay. But what I want you to know today is that you don't have to stay a slave. You might have been a slave for 12 years, but you don't have to stay a slave. This woman cried out to Elisha and said, help me. They're coming to make slaves of my children. My husband, who was in ministry, is dead. And he didn't have a 401K. He didn't have an insurance policy. He didn't have an emergency savings fund. They were coming to make slaves out of her children. So she cried out. Is there anybody in here this morning that feels like this woman? You're in a situation that has become overwhelming and you don't see any way out. But this is not where you take your life. This is where you take your problem to somebody who's anointed to handle your problem. Somebody came in this morning because you're in a place where you don't know how you're going to get out but you know that the Lord will make a way of escape. I wish I had 50 people who could raise your hand and say something to me right now and, and tell yourself I'm in the right place at the right time serving the right God because I know my God is able to deliver me. Is there anybody that still believes that God is able to take you out of your current situation and take you to a place that's better than where you are right now I'm not nowhere I'm here and where the presence of the Lord is there is liberty look at your neighbor and say I'm about to come out of all my debt watch it sometimes 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 first thing I want to tell you sometimes the best thing to do is to cry out y'all walking around trying to hold it in you better let that stuff out that stuff will make you sick you got to cry out. That's what church is for. I feel God in here. That's why church is so important. And especially in the African-American church experience, we have a cathartic experience in the church because we know how to let it out. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I could do without. Hey, y'all grew up in the 80s too, did you? <laughs> you got to let that stuff out. And see, y'all, man, I'm great. I'm going to talk about what I'm talking about. Y'all too doggone bougie. We used to tear church up. Denise, I know y'all didn't do this in the Catholic church. But my little church, I grew up in the country. People would shout every Sunday. John, turn benches over. Yes, sir! And, and, and some of y'all bougie, educated people would say stuff like, it don't take all that. When you work for a racist boss, somebody in your family's been lynched. You got money that you don't have money to pay your rent, and God still pays your rent. You don't have money to get groceries, and God still gives you groceries. And you want me to come to church and sit on my hands like I ain't been through nothing? I'm like shouting, John. Does my shouting offend you? Does my dancing offend you? Then hold my mule, because I'm going to shout right here. Is there anybody? I wish I had a 100 people who've been through hell for the last couple of weeks. Stand up right now. You got my permission to shout as loud as you can and let it all out. You've been holding it in. You wanted to cuss somebody out at work, but you couldn't. You wanted to cuss your teacher out, but you couldn't. I'm giving you permission to let it out right now in a good way by giving God some praise in advance for what God's getting ready to do. Shout. Shout! Shout! 
Touch somebody and say, I feel better already. I feel better. I feel better already. He said, what do you have in your house? Look at your neighbor and say, what do you have in your house? She said, all I got is a little oil. Would y'all help me real quick? Tell your neighbor that's all you need. Your oil is your anointing. And y'all too busy comparing what you have to what other people have, not realizing that what you have is enough to get you what you need. All you need is a little bit. Jesus says if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, can somebody help me? How big is a mustard seed, Shawnee? It's this big. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can look at the mountain and say, be ye removed. But you got to have faith. I don't need a lot of oil. I don't need a lot of money. I don't need a lot of gifts. I don't even need a lot of followers. I just need a loyal. I can't preach like the best of them. I can't sing like the rest of them. But what I do have, I got a little oil. I'm just an anointed country boy from Route 1, Austin, Kentucky. And God gave me a little oil. Enough oil to preach. Enough oil to teach. Enough oil to vision. Enough oil to work. Enough oil to lead. And I want to tell somebody today, you got everything you need to succeed. Slap your neighbor on the back and say, you anointed for this. I feel the Holy Ghost. But pastor, I just got a little money. That's all you need. Pastor, I I just got a few followers. That's all you need. Because the oil that is on your house, God says, I'm getting ready to activate it. Would you do me a favor, help me teach this morning? Just, just touch somebody and say, you got more in you than what you realize. You, you ain't going to be in that job forever. Rodney, you got more in you. You're not going to retire. You're going to retread. You got more in you. You're not just a teacher. You're an entrepreneur. You got more in you. I feel the Holy Ghost. You're not just going to own one house. You get ready to own houses. <laughs> because the oil, God says, I'm going to show you how I'm going to multiply it. Write this down. Don't underestimate the power of your anointing. Write that in the comments. Don't underestimate the power of your anointing. What looks like a little to you, God says, that's just enough for me to work a miracle. I'm going to surprise you in this next season of your life. Some of y'all going to look back on where you are right now, where you thought you were nowhere. And by the time you trust God with that oil that you have on your life, you're going to be here. Right now, it feels like you know where. God says, I'm about ready to take you here, but it requires you to trust me with the little oil you thought you had. 
and he tells the, the, he tells the widow woman, he says, all right, you got a little oil. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go and get you some jars from your neighbor and don't just get a few. He says, give me, get all the empty vessels. Everybody say empty vessels. Get all the empty vessels that you can find because I'm going to use your oil to fill them. Empty vessels, that's interesting. God is, in essence, telling him, find a need that you're going to fill. Business is nothing else. A successful business person finds a need and fills it. My good friend, Pastor Greg Diaz, during the pandemic, when there were no restaurants to eat in, decided to open up a food truck, Taco and Ghana's. Have y'all had some? Yeah. That junk good, ain't it? <laughs> they put some crack or something in there. It's good. But he has gone from one truck to a fleet of trucks because he found... Okay, let me say it another way so y'all acting funny. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to get you a side hustle. I'm teaching that. I ain't worried about y'all. Y'all sit there and act like I ain't saying nothing. Marcel, I realize you like your job, but you got enough oil on you that you could do another side hustle. We got one of the, one of the biggest hustlers in Memphis in the room right now, Dr. Derek Payne. Can't nobody hustle like this, man. He's a dentist. He gets your smile right. He going to have jingle jam. He going to get your dance right. He got 901 Live Memphis, he, the best music talent in Memphis. He's going to showcase. He got T-shirts. He helped me put my marriage retreat together. He's an elder at the church. This man took a little oil. Okay, let me, let me, can I teach y'all real quick? How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you create a, high, a side hustle? There's no shortage of a gig and freelance work available on the internet, but not every side hustle will be right for you. Pick a side hustle with the following in mind. Make sure it's profitable. Pick a side hustle that can bring enough cash to pay off your debt faster. Last Sunday, we were able to help Ronaldo with his side hustle. If you saw Unapologetic in Memphis's post, they, they, they showed uh, Ronaldo in his car. He had chips and drinks and, and a leaf blower and cones all out of his truck, stickers all on his car because his truck was broke. And he, he was still out hustling. And they said, man, at least, you know, he's out there doing something legit. This former drug dealer, a church member of ours, out there doing the best he can. And I brought it to y'all, and y'all were so moved by his story that y'all took up double what he needed so we could go ahead and get that. Come on, somebody. So Ronaldo can keep his side hustle going. Watch this. You got to pick a gig that's flexible. Your side hustle will need to be flexible enough to fit around your current work schedule, routine, and any other non-negotiables. Explore your interests. The best side hustles won't just help you pay down debt, but also develop your passions and connections. I believe that the majority of y'all in here are not operating out of your sweet spot. You're simply doing a job that you were told to do. Some of us went to college and we picked jobs that were safe because they made money. But it was not what your oil was in. Am I talking to anybody? 
And it's so scary to go try to do what you love. But I promise you this, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Look at somebody and say, you need to do what you love and the oil will flow. Next Saturday, we're presenting an opportunity for y'all to have another side hustle out on the parking lot. We're doing a gigantic, massive garage sale. Why, Pastor? Because you got something in your house that's valuable that can help you get out of debt. Somebody else needs the junk. That One man's junk. You need to take that stuff that's accumulating in your attic, in your garage, bring it to the church, rent you a booth out on the parking lot, and make you some money to go towards your debt. Or if you're good with that, you can take that money and put it in this chest so we can rebuild God's house and, and restore God's house to a place of excellence. But tell your neighbor, use what's in your house. All right, number four, I got two more points we out of here. Watch this. As you're getting your side hustle, as you're, as you're trying to discern how do you use your oil to make a profit, watch this. Keep other folk out your business. I like what Denise said. Did y'all catch in her testimony? She said that when she decided to give, she told nobody because she didn't want anybody talking her out. What did she say she was going to tithe, Candace? She said, I don't want to tithe what I'm making. I'm going to tithe what I want to make. And Chris, I, 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 I didn't sanction the other part where she said she didn't tell you. I didn't, I didn't tell her to do that. But she said, I didn't even tell my husband because I didn't want anybody to talk me out of. And that's what some people, I'm, Chris, I don't think Chris would have done that. But that's what some people do when you have just a little oil. You're going to leave your little job and go do that. You're going to take that little money and go do that. How that going to work? So here, here's what the prophet said. Watch this. Here's what the prophet said. The prophet says, go get them jars, go in the room, and shut the door. Y'all missing this? You missing this? Why would the prophet tell her, go get the jars and shut the door, Dennis? Because he knew the scarcity mentality of people. When people know your resources and they in your pocket counting your money, they want to tell you what you can do and what you can't do. But you're not, the one that, you're not the one that gave me my business plan. You're not the one that gave me my vision for my life. You're not the one that came in and spoke into my life. God's the one that told me to step out on faith and go get some jars. God's the one that told me to open up that business. God's the one that told me to start that food truck. God's the one that told me to go back to school. God's the one that told me to leave my job. God's the one that told me to get out of my comfort zone. And I do not have time for negative, toxic people to be peeping in my window trying to tell me what to do and you ain't done nothing but stay in the same old stuck situation that you've been in and you ain't gonna move but here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna shut the door and keep the devil outside 
I need you to touch three people and tell them shut the door and keep the devil outside. This is not the season to be telling everybody your business. This is not the season to be telling people what's going on in your marriage. This is not the season to let people know how much money you're making. This is not the season to be bragging and flossing on Instagram with stacks of money up to your ear. This is the time for you to put your ear to the ground and say, God, what do you want me to do in this season? How do you want me to use my oil? Is it another business? Do I go back to school? Do I get another degree? Do I make an investment? Do I put it in the savings account? Do I put more money in the 401k? Do I franchise? Do I open up? Do I move out? Do I go to another? Y'all got to talk to me today. Don't Nobody needs to be in your business. I got five minutes to get fresh. I'm on. Watch this. Last thing I want to tell you is this. The oil won't stop until you do. I said the oil won't stop until you do. And some of y'all have been in a dry place. Not because God has left you. But you have stopped being active in the thing that God told you to do. Can I, can I be honest? Can I be honest with you? Can I be transparent? So, yo, I've been trying to use oil from my life to branch out into other areas that are outside my comfort zone. I'm old school. This whole digital stuff is kind of new for me. And I was stuck looking at my friends like Dr. Darius Daniels and Evangelist Latrice Ryan. And I'm looking at them blowing up on the internet. And I'm like, yo, I like what they're doing, but I can't do that. Because all I got is a little oil. And I remember seeing Evangelist Ryan at Lifetime with her kids at the pool. And I said, I like what you're doing. That's amazing. But I don't know if I'll ever be able to do nothing like that. She said, Pastor Spencer. She said, Apostle, you the one that taught us. She said, you've always been an innovator. What are you talking about? Then my life coach took me to lunch and said, why are you so down on yourself? Do you really not realize all that God has put inside of you? You got to get out there and create. And y'all, I started creating. Ron and I started creating, started putting stuff out there. And people were coming like, where you been? And then Monday, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Monday, the hackers show up. I'm trying to post. And the, and the thing comes on, did you log in near Olive Branch? Yeah. Then 15 minutes later, your account is locked. They posted, they posted porn on my site. Instagram, Facebook, Metaverse, don't give a flip about who Stacey Spencer is. Shut me down. And I'm like, well, guess that's it. God says, you through? But God, they took my fault. He said, are you through? Because I still got some jars. <laughs> Watch this. 
there's some jars sitting out here. There's some jars online. What are you talking about? He said, bring me empty vessels. As long as there's people who are struggling, as long as there's people who are depressed, as long as there's marriages that need saving, as long as there's people that are trying to find God, there's some empty vessels, and I still got oil on your life. Now, if you want to quit, I can make the oil stop. But if you want to keep going, I got some oil on you, and I'm going to keep adding because I got too many jars for you to stop now can somebody stand up who still got some oil on your life and say I ain't done yet I've got more books to write I've got more people to help I got more people to reach I got more people to teach there's still some oil on my she said bring me another jar and the boy said mama that's all of them that's all the jar and when all the jars were filled y'all ain't gonna help me when all the jars were filled the bible says the oil stopped flowing it ain't time for me to retire yet i still got some empty jars it ain't time to quit yet i still got some empty jars and the prophet comes in he sees all the jars he says you know what this is good he says here's what i need you to do i need you to go pay off all your obligations Denise, she, she had enough oil to pay off all her bills, but that ain't it. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? She had enough oil to do what? She had enough oil to do what? She was what? Dead? But that ain't it. He said, pay off everything you owe and live off what's left over I just need 50 of y'all that believe that God's getting ready to put you in overflow step out in the aisle and give him a praise break I need 50 of y'all that believe that I'm going to pay off my debt and have some left over I want y'all who are going to retire early step out in the aisle I want y'all who gonna pay off your house, step out in the aisle. I want y'all who gonna pay off all your student loan and your credit card, step out in the aisle. Now give God praise in advance for what God's getting ready to do. I'm gonna pay off my obligations and have some left. Would you touch and agree with somebody, elbow somebody real quick and say, I touch and agree with you that you're gonna have leftovers because when you give it to God, God says, I'm gonna give it back to you. Press down, shaking together and running over, running over. I believe that the Lord is gonna use my oil. I believe that when I pour my oil out on some empty vessels, that the Lord will fill me up until I run over, until I overflow. Jesus said, in the last days, the Lord will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. God says, we're in that day where I'm getting ready to pour out my oil on the people who need it the most. Can somebody lift up your hands and say, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up till I overflow. Fill me up till my dad is gone. Fill me up until cancer is gone. Fill me up until depression is gone. Fill me up until anxiety is gone. Fill me up. Fill me up until I overflow so I can leave an inheritance for my children's children. Fill me up until my 401k is fat. 
Fill me up until my emergency savings is filled up. Fill me up until my retirement plan has been maxed out. Fill me up until my house is paid for. Fill me up until all my credit cards are paid for. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up until depression is gone. Fill me up until anxiety is gone. Fill me up until diabetes is gone. Fill me up until my blood pressure is regulated. Is there anybody in here who knows you got oil on your life? Give God some praise. I, I want to say, I want to say a special prayer. Uh, over people who are at the crossroads of your life uh, and you know where you're anointed is not where you are in your current occupation and you know that God has another destination for the oil that is on your life can you meet me at the altar if you're at the crossroads where your present job doesn't match your, your, your destination you know that God has more for you you know that there's another business there's another degree there's another level there's another good God Almighty how many of y'all believe that God can move you from what you're making now to six figures come on somebody come on how many of y'all believe God that you're gonna be the first millionaire in your family come on somebody talk to me how many of you believe you're gonna be the first multi-millionaire in your family I need you to come to the altar I'm praying over you today uh, we making money moves and sometimes it requires you to move out of faith and speak those things that are not as though they were look at your neighbor and say take a picture of me because what you see today you ain't gonna see next year God's gonna take my oil and I'm gonna pay off my debt and I'm gonna live off what's left over look at can somebody touch two people and say your debt is relieved your debt is relieved I touch and agree with you that your side hustle is gonna work I touch and agree with you that your new business is going to flourish I touch and agree with you that your business plan is gonna be accepted I touch and agree with you that you're about to get promoted I touch and agree with you that your house has too much oil for you to be stuck in your debt Somebody yell out, I am debt free. God says that you are liberated from every chain that's been trying to hold you. We bind up generational curses. We bind up witchcraft. We bind up poverty. We bind up scarcity thinking. We bind up bills and bill collectors and we decree and declare that you are the head and not the tail above and not beneath the lender and not to borrow somebody lift up your hands and say father use my oil keep your hands up father God use my oil to get me out of debt use my oil to pour into empty vessels Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I surrender my agenda for your will. Not my will, but your will be done. I'm not afraid anymore to step out on faith. Everybody take one step forward. I'm not afraid anymore to step out on faith. 
I'm ready to go where you want me to go, to do what you want me to do, to say what you want me to say. I'm ready, God, to take another step, take another step forward. I'm walking into my destiny. I'm walking into my future. I'm walking into my wealthy place. I'm walking into my healing. I'm walking into my purpose. I'm walking into my destiny. When you take one step toward God, God says, I'll take two steps toward you. Take one more step. And somebody say, I am here. I am here. I am here. I'm in a wealthy place. I'm in a better place. I'm in an anointed place. I'm in my purpose. I'm in my sweet spot. I'm determined to live for Jesus. I'm determined to live for God. Put your hand on your chest. Say, I am healed by his stripes. I'm anointed for this next season. I'm anointed to break generational patterns of poverty. My children's children are going to be wealthy. My grandbabies are going to college debt-free. I'm leaving inheritance for my great-grandchildren. I'm making investments that will outlive me. I'm leaving trust funds for my grandbabies. I don't see nobody's mouth moving. I, see, I need to see everybody's mouth moving. I'm leaving trust funds for my grandbabies. Father, I pray right now for your anointing over this house, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, God, that the anointing of God will break every stronghold, every yoke in the name of Jesus. We lay the axe at the root and we come against generational curses. We come against cancer. We come against bankruptcy. We come against debt in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you would stir up the gift of God that is in us that came through the laying on of hands. God, I pray you stir up the gift of God, the oil that is present upon every believer. God, fill them with your Holy Spirit until they overflow. And Father, right now, as we reach out and hook arms, as we hook arms, Father God, we are connected today. We are brothers and sisters in the faith. And Father God, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I speak prosperity over the people at this altar and in this sanctuary. I speak prosperity over the people online. Father God, for the new business, for the new plans, for the new vision. Father, we speak success in the name of Jesus. We speak favor in the name of Jesus. And then, Father God, if there's anybody that I'm holding arms with, if there's anybody next to me that wants a relationship with Jesus, wants to be baptized, wants to join this church, I don't want them to leave without making a connection. So if you're in here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to join this church, you want to be baptized, simply squeeze your neighbor's arm three times and let them know that it's you that's standing in the need of prayer. It's you standing in the need of surrender. It's you standing in the need of a baptism. It's you standing in the need of a church home. Don't leave here the same way you came in. You can be changed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that your word does not come back void. We thank you for every person that came to the altar. Thank you for the shift that is on this house. God, I pray you use the oil, the anointing on every person to get them out of debt, 
to make them successful, purposeful, and prosper. In Jesus' name we pray.